week talk about the Vikings because the 49ers are in town and at least we get to watch something different at practice I was out there this week Jeff was out there this week this is Jeff Diamonds Vikings and NFL insider part of talknorth.com so Jeff let's just start off what, what intrigued you most about watching the Vikings and the 49ers go at it this week well I think it's good first of all it's really good work to have a different team here and as the players and coaches talked about the familiarity with with practicing amongst yourselves gets a little monotonous by this stage of training camp in, in the third week. And, and so now you get a new team in here with, a, with new schemes and you're bringing a quality team in San Francisco who was the final four team last year. And so I, I think it's been really great work watching yesterday. The intensity level clearly amped up and a little bit of a, a physical play out there and, especially when it's it's a no-tackling situation. And yet I saw Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson knocked to the ground, and yeah, which I would think would be a concern for for Coach O'Connell in a situation like that. And, and perhaps he may give them a few less reps today, which I think would be wise, and also hold them out of the preseason game coming up on, on Saturday against San Francisco. But we'll, we'll see in that regard and yeah it, it was it was physical there I thought a lot of good work and and some some good play uh from the Viking quarterbacks which was uh certainly encouraging especially the number twos who who didn't necessarily look great early in camp but I thought they played better certainly Kellen Mond did in, in the in the Raider game as the game went on and I think he carried it over to the first joint practice with the 49ers uh, and he had some some very good scrambles and some running ability, made a really good throw to BC Johnson in the two-minute drill. And then Sean Mannion stepped up and made a really nice red zone touchdown pass to Albert Wilson. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins came back from COVID, and he looked good, beat the blitz with a, a long gainer to Jefferson, and then hit J.J. for a touchdown in the red zone. He hit a, a nice uh, up-the-seam pass to Adam Thielen and yelled, yelled out, you like that? <laughs> with, I guess, some kind of other adjective in there, which kind of intrigued a lot of the media people because Kirk's not yes. supposed to talk like that. <laughs> no, Kirk, Kirk used a bad word, and I'm very disappointed. Yeah, yeah so, so he may go to thinking time for that one. But other than that, I thought that a couple other things really impressed me in the drills. I was watching uh, Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw with their work uh, against Nick Bosa, who's an all-pro pass rusher for the 49ers and I, and I thought O'Neill and Derrissaw did well with Bosa uh, I, I was impressed Greg Joseph hit a couple of long field goals they did a couple end of drive end of game drive situations and he, and he made the game winning field goals and then went four out of six in the regular field goal drill but the two that he missed were with the backup holder so we'll cut him some slack there the defense looked like it was pretty dominant against Trey Lance uh, the young 49er QB who grew up in Marshall and facing a, a talented 49er offense with Debo Samuel, George Kittle. And it looks like the 49ers were really focused on the running game, which you would expect, especially with a young quarterback early in the season. And 
but I thought the, the Viking defense really acquitted itself well, and which is, again, encouraging for them coming off the dreadful last couple of years. Zadarius Smith, to me, is really intriguing. He, he was very active up front, very uh, engaged, emotional out there. And they, they just got to keep he and Hunter healthy. I think that, to me, and, I've, and we've talked about this before, that's the key to the whole season to me. If they keep those guys healthy, if they're double-digit sack guys, and along with Cousins, if he steps up his game a little bit, keep the, the key guys healthy, th- those are really some of the keys, I think, for this team to be a 10-win-plus team and, and potentially challenge the Packers in the NFC North. And we'll talk a little more, more about the Packers later because Aaron Rodgers, the new loving Aaron Rodgers, kind of snapped yesterday about his receivers dropping balls. And that was kind of humorous. <laughs> I think the hallucinogenics have worn off. I think you're right. Exactly. Uh, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Thanks to our longtime sponsor, White Bear League Superstore, WhiteBearLeagueSuperstore.com. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, which sponsors so many shows across the network. 612-TSR-TIME. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, see all the shows as they are released, or you can just go to TalkNorth.com, find the shows and the archives of the shows and the many different shows we have. Uh, You can also just subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That is free, and it is probably the easiest way to listen. Once again, thanks for listening. Uh, My first general take of watching that practice, uh, Jeff, was, man, the 49ers have – they look superhuman. They have just all their athletes look, I mean, you know, the Vikings have, Daniil Hunter's a remarkably uh, fit man. Uh, but it's like every Packer looks like a WWE wrestler to me. Yeah, every 49er. Yeah, they, 49ers. they are. Yeah, they have a very, certainly a quality team, which is why they they made it to the NFC Championship last year and, and pushed the Rams in that game. They lost by three points. And, it's interesting to see a, a team like that make a major switch at quarterback when you've got a guy uh, that had gotten you Jimmy Garoppolo to the NFC title game, and yet they had drafted Trey Lance third overall and just made the complete switch this year, and Garoppolo is sitting in mothballs right now while they're waiting to trade him, hoping they can trade him so they don't have to release him and have him get picked up by Seattle. <laughs> which is their worst case scenario for the 49ers. But, but yeah, they, they certainly are very impressive. And, and I would say really on, on both sides of the ball, you look at a Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and those kind of guys. But again, the Viking defense stepped up against them. And partially that is in, in part due to Trey Lance's inexperience and that he's coming on and, and we'll see how he plays. I thought it was interesting, Kyle Shanahan, the 49er coach after practice, originally had said that that Lance will, will not play in the preseason game on Saturday, and now he's backtracking a little bit and may think he needs some more work after watching him yesterday where he was kind of airmailing a few throws and missing a few receivers. So we'll see how he play, how he performs in, in day two of, of the joint practice, and, and then we'll see if he plays on Saturday night. Not that that's a big deal Saturday night. Certainly, I think you look back at the preseason opener against the Raiders and the Vikings, O'Connell wisely sitting out 10 starters in that game. And and I think that I would expect him to kind of follow suit 
this coming game and and probably in the final game at Denver and not play guys like Cook and Jefferson and Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And why would you? <laughs> There's no no need to risk those guys. And especially after they get really good work in these in these joint practices. And again, it's it's just more kind of evidence that we don't need three preseason games. We didn't need four. We certainly didn't need six when I first started in the NFL, and they don't need three. Two is just fine to evaluate the rookies and the younger players and the, and the position battles and, and watch the battles such as the backup quarterbacks and, and how they're playing. I think that's important in a game situation. The safeties, Cam Bynum is still holding off Lewis Seen, but it's, it's a close race. And, and I thought it's really been interesting to see Ed Ingram get more and more snaps with a number one. And there, there's certainly a battle for backup receivers and the second corner starting position where Cam Dantzler has had a pretty good camp and, and so far is holding off Andrew Booth Jr., but we'll see how that develops. And certainly the coaches are going to want to look at that in these next two preseason games, look at these two guys who will both likely start as they probably sit Patrick Peterson, which again is a good idea. He doesn't need to play in these preseason games. And so I think O'Connell's taking the right approach in looking at these players and, and trying to focus on the September 11th opener against the Packers, which is what he should be doing. But again, we don't need three preseason games. Two would be just fine. Well, what's the future look like? Because eventually the NFL is going to want 18 regular season games. What When the NFLPA counters, should it say zero, one, or two preseason games? I think that the NFLPA should, should counter with, with two, and, and then they still get the 20 total games that, that the league wants for revenue, and, and yet it's, it's, it's less preseason games. But the, the union's going to want something in return, perhaps a increase in the salary cap and, and more money available to the players because they're going to be playing more. And I, and I think that that certainly is a legitimate request, and and so I, I expect that's how it ultimately will play out. And, and the networks will want that too. And the, the preseason is just not a, not a necessary thing, especially when these teams are having these joint practices. And almost every team around the league does this with somebody. And, and so, as we said, the joint practices are, are much more competitive than the preseason games, which is – Sad for the ticket buyers out there who can go pay five bucks and watch the watch the Vikings scrimmage the 49ers, but pay a lot more for the preseason game. So I think ultimately that's where we're headed. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Let's talk about Ingram playing with the first team on Tuesday during the joint practice. First, though, let's hear about White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMP. And my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website. We always talk about WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now. Explore the GMC Sierra HD and meet the next generation GMC Canyon. Don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV, 
The Wiper Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore, and they are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks always to TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. We don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need one, you need a really good one, need an ethical one. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win lots of cases. They moved in some beautiful new offices uh, because of all their successes. 612 TSR Time. It's all I need to remember, 612 TSR Time. So Ingram was playing with the first team on Tuesday against the 49ers. What do you read into that? Yeah, I, I read into that that, that they like – how physical he is, big, strong, and I think they're probably concerned about Jesse Davis's durability with, with his knee issues where he had to miss some practices, and it's pretty clear that Ed Ingram is the future at right guard, and I think one thing we know, it's not going to be Wyatt Davis, the third-round pick from last year, who is kind of stuck in the third unit right now so he he's likely going to get released at some point but i i've been impressed with ingram i think he's got a, a good anchor a good base very strong inside really has been impressive on his run blocking and he will improve as a, as a pass protector too as he kind of goes along here and and that's probably the area that that he does need to improve on at this point in time but he was running all the reps with the first team in the first joint practice with the 49ers, and, and I think that that is certainly a, a strong indication that they'd like him in the starting lineup. And what it also means, Jim, is that they will have, if Bradbury holds on to the starting center spot, which I still think is, is perhaps a little questionable, although it didn't look like he did anything awful yesterday, but the big test for him will come week one against Kenny Clark of the Packers, their great nose tackle, who Bradbury's had a lot of trouble with in the past. But if indeed Bradbury holds on to the starting center spot, then they've got two first rounders, uh, which Bradbury and Christian Darosaw, who, by the way, is really improving a lot and is very yeah. impressive to me. And they've got two first rounders and three second rounders in the offensive line. So talent wise, it should be a, a really good group. And if they can come together as a group, that would make a big difference for this offense. Oh, no doubt about it. All right, now let's get to the quarterbacks. Uh, that's what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, I've been told, I haven't been out there a ton. Uh, I saw Cousins throw a bad pick against the 49ers' first team defense. Uh, he had some good throws as well, of course. I've been told that he did, has not really had a great camp in this offense. What's your view of that? Well, I, I think that I think that Cousins has been okay. I think he's been fine, and and I thought he looked good yesterday uh, in the drill. He, he did throw an interception at one point when he tried to hit Dalvin Cook on a on a deep ball. <clears throat> but I think again, that's where O'Connell wants him to try some of these things and take a shot and and learn from it. And and so I, I think Cousins has been okay. I, I haven't really felt that he's been playing poorly. I, I think that it's certainly a, an adjustment and. I think I think it's an adjustment that is underplayed a, a little bit when people say, "Oh, look at all the talent the Vikings have at their skill positions and on offense and defense, and have added all this talent." There's still 
a little bit of a learning curve that's going to have to go on. And that, that's what training camp's for. And the hope is by September 11th, they're in good shape there. And, and Kirk certainly tried to underplay missing the five days due to COVID. But again, it's still time missed in the system, even if he only missed one practice per se, then they were traveling to Vegas. I think he'll be fine. And I think the number two battle is really interesting. And Kellen Mond is, is the guy who's getting the first reps with that second unit now and has been looking better and better to me. I think the big difference between he and Mannion is obviously their mobility. And, and we saw that in the first joint practice with the 49ers when Mond scrambled away on a couple of plays in the two-minute drill. And that's something that Mannion can't do. Now, I think Sean is trying to, to step up to the competition, but it's, it's pretty clear to me that, that Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, the offensive coordinator, that they would like Kellen Mond to make a move. And I think that it looks to me like he is making a move this camp. And especially in the, in the last week with the preseason game against the Raiders and where he really had a couple of, of excellent plays in that game. He got better as the game went on, which is, which is encouraging. He threw the two second half touchdown passes to Albert Wilson. Whereas I thought Mannion missed some plays early on and couldn't finish his drives with touchdowns. Missed a few open receivers, and and I thought Mon showed great touch on the 21-yard completion to Myron Mitchell in the third quarter. Threw a perfect strike for the 20-yard over-the-shoulder touchdown pass to Wilson, and those are the kind of plays that are, that are encouraging. He's making quicker decisions. He's looking more confident than he was last year, and as I said, I think I think the coaches would like him to be the number two if he can continue this upward trajectory in these last two preseason games that are really important for him. And then what do you do with Mannion? You can't really stick him on the practice squad necessarily. I think you kind of put him on your ready list if something happens. And you probably are only going to carry two quarterbacks, especially with Cousins' durability. And and maybe Kirk is done with COVID for this year. (laughs) They don't have to worry about him getting sick before the biggest game of the year like he did last year before the Green Bay game in Lambeau. Yeah, I, I think that it's funny. I asked Wes Phillips about uh, what he looks for in a backup quarterback, and his description really fit Mannion to a T. But I think in reality, they've got to be leaning toward Mond, or at least hoping Mond does something to justify giving him that job. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. And one of the few reasons to watch these next two preseason games is to yeah. see, <clears throat> see how those two guys perform. No doubt about it. Uh, so one popular notion with the fan base is because uh, a couple of young running backs look so good against the Raiders that you no longer need Alexander Madison. You can trade him for an asset. Uh, there are two, two problems with that. Number one is you're not going to get a lot for a run back. Uh, Madison's a good player. You're not going to get a lot for a backup running back at this juncture. You're, just not, you're not going to get a starting center. You're not going to get somebody who's an impact player for a backup running back. You're not. The other thing is Madison has been – ideal as a backup to Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook hasn't been able to play and he's big and he's physical and you can run the same offense and you know uh Wangwu and Chandler really interesting talents but they're really not the same size they haven't proven themselves I I don't think you just go trade Alexander Madison because a couple other guys look good in the preseason no I, I would agree unless someone really knocked your socks off and 
gave you a third round pick or something like that for Madison. Right. And and then you might really think about it. But unlikely that's going to happen at this stage unless someone lost a starting running back for the season. And and I think I think Alexander Madison is a very good player and an excellent number two. I think the Vikings perhaps have the best one-two punch in the league other than maybe Cleveland. Um, but I think that it, it would be really hard for me to, to, to trade a, a guy like Madison at this point. And, and I really like Wang Wu. I, I really like Chandler. I thought Chandler was the most impressive of all the rookies in the preseason opener, led the team in rushing with, with 50 yards, had the 56-yard kickoff return where he really showed great speed and agility and cutting back against the grain. And, and so, yeah, he's a guy <clears throat> it's going to be hard to, to sit him and I don't know that they can dress five running backs when you include C.J. Ham, who obviously will be the starting fullback when they use him in the game, and and he and he's one of their best special team players. And so it looks like Chandler may be the odd guy out in terms of not dressing on game day, <clears throat> which I've always felt is a stupid rule anyway. That if you've yeah. got fifty-three players, why aren't you dressing fifty-three players? Yeah, <laughs> I think in, co- in college don't they dress sixty or something? Or a hundred? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they dress as many as they want, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's a ridiculous rule. But, but yeah, I, I would not trade Alexander Madison. At this point, he's a proven guy. And we know Dalvin's history that he's probably going to miss a couple games at some point in the season. And then all three of those other guys will be dressed for the game and probably playing. But I, I'm really impressed with, with Chandler. And and I also like Wang Wu. I think that these guys are are really good players. And by next year, you got to figure Madison is going to be gone in free agency. And then right. then Cook, Wang Wu, and Chandler will be their top three guys. Right. And as you said, you know, it's whenever in sports media we talk about potential trades, of course there's a right price for almost everybody. Yes, if you got a second round draft pick for Alexander Madison, you trade him to second. I'm just saying in the realistic trade market, people aren't going to give up high draft picks for backup running backs. They just, you know, the position just doesn't command that. Uh, so, hey, let's let's move on to the league now. What intrigues you around the NFL? Well, the first thing that intrigued me was Aaron Rodgers bashing his young receivers and and talking about a lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions, running the wrong route, we got to get better. And and then there was a, a big meeting that they had with all the all the receivers and the quarterbacks and whereas Rogers I'm sure was probably backpedaling a little bit and saying, "Hey guys, I I'm not trying to rip you publicly even though I did, but we just got to get better." Now they haven't had Christian Watson full goal yet he came off pup this week which was which was a good sign for the packers and they also got got a couple other key guys back in terms of uh, jenkins their tackle or who can also play guard elgin jenkins and robert tanya a really good tight end so they haven't got boxiari back yet off pup they haven't got mason crosby their kicker back yet but i'm sure crosby will be back for the opener boxiari questionable and but I, I thought it was really kind of humorous that Rogers, after all this talk about his hallucinogenic drink and his excursion to Peru, Peru and what, what do we want to call it, his self-analysis <laughs> and trying to improve his 
his outlook on life and loving people and all this and that. And then he's bashing his receivers. So that was kind of funny to me. And it also tells us that the Packers have some issues at wide receiver as they head towards September 11th. But Jim, we did hear that last year Mm -hmm. about Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, how he was dropping everything in training camp and preseason games and as a, as a top 10 pick in the draft and, can he make the plays? And then he goes out and has a huge game against the Vikings when the Bengals beat the Vikings in the, in the opener in overtime. So we've kind of heard that story before. So we'll see how, how it plays out. But, but Rogers is definitely putting the heat on his young receiving core. Yeah. And I think everything Rogers does is performative. I'm sure he's just trying to get them focused or, you know, fired up, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. Uh, I expect Aaron Rodgers to play well and find open receivers who will catch the ball uh, when the season begins. I don't think that's a big concern. Anything new on the Deshaun Watson front? Well, I thought it was again, kind of interesting and, and I kind of was happy to see him struggle in their preseason opener he was lousy in that game. It won, one out of five for seven yards in three series. Not a, not a great start for Watson with the Browns. And then this week, Kevin Stefanski said they're switching gears to Jacoby Brissett to get him ready for the opener, certainly assuming or knowing that, that Watson's going to be suspended and whether it's going to be six games or the whole season based on the appeal and the rumblings are there are settlement talks going on between the league and the union, which I would think the league would, would certainly not agree to less than 12 games in that scenario. And maybe 10, but I would think 12 would be, would be their bottom line and also a huge fine because as we know, he was only going to be fined less than a million dollars when he's making 46 million a year because of the way they structured his base salary. And I'm sure the league's looking for probably an eight to ten million dollar fine as part of part of the settlement talks. And we'll see if that if that happens or if indeed Roger Goodell, through his intermediary, <laughs> who he designated to to adjudicate this thing on the appeal, if if indeed he gets the full year that he's been seeking. Uh, I, I would expect the thing probably to settle at some point here in the next week to 10 days. And we won't see Watson until towards the end of the season, if at all. And then how do you expect him to come back and play well when he's been away from the team on the suspension? He can't practice. He can't do anything at that point during the regular season. He could do it. He could be there in, pre, in training camp, but now they got to get percent ready. So, Kevin Stefanski is in a tough spot. We've been saying that the whole offseason, and it's not getting easier for Kevin. No. Uh, things are about to get interesting here. I think the second preseason game will be a little more representative than the first. <laughs> I think the uh, the 49ers practices are fascinating. And guess what? It, the opener against the Packers is around the corners. It's going to be fascinating to, to talk about the roster, the quarterback position, everything else. Of course, as you know, Jeff is the former Vikings general manager, former NFL executive of the year. Uh, and he's one of he represents one of two football shows on the network, along with the Viking Update show. Of course, we got about four hockey shows: Cheryl Reeve, Anthony Lapanta, Michael Russo, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, outdoor content, Royce Olson, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm. Check it all out at TalkNorth.com, and we'll talk to you next week.